Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. These marriages are not perfect, but all in all, they seem to work. Marriage is an institution for grown-ups. It's like a love-hate relationship. There are no bosses in a modern marriage. He knows he's lucky to have a wife. Right, straight in. Morning, everybody. Sunday, 26th of September. It is 7.45 a.m. It says it's 14 degrees. <gasps> see me breath. It's the, uh, cold. This wrought iron garden furniture is very chilly. I normally put me, um, me surfer toss pot hoodie on. Yeah. But I think it's that's a cow, that's not Laura. <laughs> the background. Uh, but I think you've packed it. Yeah, well, under your instructions. That's what stage we're at. We are at the uh, almost ready to leave today. This is our last full day in yeah. Gloucestershire and Bristol and the UK. This time tomorrow morning, we'll be on the road again. And uh, we've just written our cards for Leo. Yeah, I held it together. Which I don't think... I hope he reads and I hope he texts in. I don't think he will. I hope he keeps it. Yeah. Because I think one day he'll read that card and it'll mean a hell of a lot of it to him. I just don't think it's going to be today. No, I know. And we've both poured his hearts into it. And I've got to tell you, I know I laugh and joke on this podcast and I try and hold it together and let you... It's such a bigger event for you than it is for me. But I think dads in this situation are 
become the workhorses, become this silent, it's men all over in it. I mean, I'm a very emotional man anyway, but I think men in general tend to bottle their emotions up and hold them in. And the last couple of times we've seen Leo, I found it really difficult. And uh, because I've put this in his card, I've got so much to say that I can't start saying anything. Because yeah. if I start talking, I won't stop. And it, it won't just be the good luck, we love you, we're so proud of you. It'll be all the dad stuff. You know, be careful what you're doing, enjoy every minute, do this, make sure you message your mum. And he doesn't want to hear, it's like the card, he doesn't want to hear it. And he won't, like when you showed him around his... Uh, room the other day and showed him every he doesn't care yeah. he just thinks get out get out of my life for a bit yeah. and he'll come back to us but he you said this last night he won't come back as a as our little boy i think our little boy left psychologically i think that little boy left for me almost at the start of secondary school definitely by the time he got his girlfriend and he's been gone mentally for a couple of years but the boy the man that comes back and he's he's not a man because you become a man by realizing these things and again i thought about saying this to him but you can't because you need maturity to understand it and that comes from life well i think as a kid you spend that whole of like your teen years, you like you can't wait to become an adult, you know, and and having yeah. that thing of independence and not having your parents being able to tell you what to do. It's yeah, you can't wait for that moment. And then it's it's hard to tell them that being an adult isn't all it's cracked up to be. Well, another thing I've said in the card is to never let this become normal, because at the minute it won't be. Every day is an adventure for him. Every everything he does for the next couple of months at least, will be new and vibrant and brilliant. Yeah. And every experience will be overwhelming to him, even just walking down the street in Bristol. Because I get that every time I go anywhere new. And I know what it was like to be his age and feel like that. But yeah. it doesn't take long for it to become normal. And once it becomes normal, I think that's when the realities of things start to hit you. So I've just said to him, if you can grip onto that and make it all an experience. But anyway, I think we'll talk more about that towards the end. But this is a, it's a difficult day. It was, it's been a difficult couple of days. I try and make it light on podcasts, but it's been a really difficult couple of days. We're, we're coming to the end of something emotionally. We're coming to the end of something physically, you know, it's been a long break. We tend to take these long breaks when we can, but we're going back to real life in a couple of days, which is going to be very difficult. So back to yesterday, Saturday. Um, I think we both woke up feeling rubbish. Yep. We folded the seats down in the car and put Leo's bike in there. And I almost didn't want to see him yesterday because we're seeing him today and today's the big goodbye. Today yeah. we're taking him for a Sunday roast. See if we can find a vegetarian one. We're not having the look we thought we'd have with food in Bristol. And, sorry. Uh, I thought we should have probably took the bike today. But we took it down yesterday. 
We parked in Cabot Circus, our new favourite cheaper car park, <laughs> £8.50 foot day. Wheeled the bike through town with Betsy Pearl sitting on it, who's now feigning illness at every opportunity. I think the little things, she's exhausted. I think she's exhausted and I think her little mind, she knows what missing somebody is, but I don't think she understands the enormity about what uh, what's about to happen to her. Yeah, well, it's funny. Again, over the last few months, I've, I've seen her want to be around Leo a lot more and, mm. like, holding his hand, cuddling up to him on the sofa. Yeah. And even they have got their little things that they do together, you know? Yeah. Like, certain programs that they've got their connection you know and it's played the video games together so i think yeah i think it's it's affecting her in some way definitely so we wheeled her through town it was earlier on a saturday and we wanted to see if how we felt about bristol now we've been a few times because last saturday we hated it and uh we got to leo's halls his digs it came down and I just found it really, really difficult. Yeah, well, you and Betsy went through to the, where the bike... To help him put his bike... <laughs> I don't know why, whose idea this was, but there's a little courtyard in the middle of his building and that's where the bikes used to go, which is perfect because it's right next to the front entrance. Some bureaucratic pillock has decided the bikes should now go through, I think, about eight doors. Every single one of them, you need your wristband door pass right. to get through every single one of them needs a different level of security clearance so he could only get through so many it took ages <laughs> but well, i suppose at least it won't get nicked from yeah, there it, pr- it probably won't get used if i know him being that far <laughs> away but yeah we did that bit yeah you and you you and betsy went through and i just sat out in the like courtyard i just didn't say anything because i just like you said, he he didn't want us there. Yep. And I felt like a stranger. Yeah, definitely. And that's he's really... no idea what he's doing to us in that situation, <laughs> is he? He's just going in the same way when he wants to go upstairs in Dubai and play on his switch or lay on his computer in bed, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm going upstairs." He's doing that, but he doesn't realise that this is him saying it. Hey, just go. Yeah. Go three thousand five hundred miles. Just go, will you? He doesn't realise what that's doing to us. And and, be- and because he's always actually spent quite a lot of time around us, you know, like he actually mm. does, in, on an evening, come and sit with us, he does talk to us. So it's weird to see this side of him that we've never seen before. So he literally, he's padded down eight stairs from his room in his slippers. Well, I was pleased he was wearing his slippers. Just well, they, he's not going to go the effort. He's putting his shoes on, is it? Well, yeah, but what I mean is, they were tucked away in his wardrobe. I didn't think yeah. they'd even come out. Well, he didn't. We didn't go up to his room, and I kind of feel like I'm. I wanted to to see how much damage he could have done in twenty four, forty eight hours. Yeah. But I thought it might have been a bit too much for you. Well, it, and no, he didn't offer. I really needed the <laughs> toilet, and so did you. And I wanted to say, do you mind if I go and use the toilet? And I just couldn't bring myself to say no, it to him. I'm busting. He, um, I had to use staff loose downstairs. <laughs> he so was stories already of his flatmates bringing. Well, it sounds like, and I know this is not a new thing, but it sounds like probably 
most of his flatmates have brought somebody, a stranger home. <laughs> you know, one of them seems to be a Premier League swordsman. And I think he's uh, the one who Leo is currently, you know... Going out with. Yeah, going out with, but also learning the ropes from. He's been to two nightclubs already in two days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but not a lot was said. I think you talked to him more than I did, and I just... It was, I found it so difficult. And it's, I get it. I know that what that will have looked like to him because to him, I remember my dad being like that. And now I know that my dad couldn't find the words. So I just thought, oh, look at him not saying anything. He probably thought we'd had a row or something. Big dickhead. We were just... Yeah. And we'd literally just walked through town. We'd brought him his bike. We were excited to see him. We'd been to Snappy Snaps and printed pictures of us us off with him and pictures of him with his sisters really nice pictures some from this holiday that he can put on his notice board if he if he ever will so we'd gone through all this thing and I get, this is what I mean is he'd walk downstairs oh it's them I'll meet you outside yeah I'll meet you outside put his <laughs> bike in and manage to innocently and accidentally break our hearts again <laughs> he just doesn't know does he um uh, so we left him and you walk away as a parent with this numb, sad, empty feeling. And you, you walk and I just didn't want to do anything. Yeah. And I felt like that for these last couple of days. And I hate it because I think I would have loved being in Bristol. It's certainly our kind of place. But because of this side, right? Because of knowing that somewhere is just a, he's probably just a couple of me, hundred meters from us at all times, less than a mile, and we're just wandering around aimlessly like robots, almost just killing time. And I hate that as well because we're running out of time. Yeah. So we did. Um, we walked through Cork Street where the market was on, which had a few different stalls to last time. You got yourself a pair of 45 quid dungarees, which I pushed you to get because I know you, you won't get them unless I lean on you, even if you want them. I've not seen them on yet. There's obviously no way to try them on. It's expensive for market dungarees, 45 quid, but that's Bristol. They're they're quite quirky. Mm. I did try them on in the toilets of a restaurant. Sorry. And uh, Betsy said... You look like a clown. <laughs> but that is your look sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. With that. You got the nose. You don't need to buy an extra nose. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, so we got 10% off because you followed them on Instagram. How long is it before I need, can unfollow Can unfollow them? I don't know. But I felt bad for them. I tried to blag a discount. Like, well, it's a market. It's not blagging a discount. It's what you do at markets. And yeah. they said... Uh, we can't really do a discount and there was a girl and boy were in the stall and the boy had just had his £300 phone nicked. Yeah, you fell for that. No, he'd had his phone no, nicked. No, he did, but... I could tell. But you still, like... No, she'd said straight off the bat, and I believe this, she said I can get more from online. She said she could get full price from online and that's probably how she does the majority of her selling, you yeah. know. So why would she lose money on them? I understand that. But you got them. And then... We wanted to go to an Italian restaurant. 
There is a distinct lack of Italian restaurants in Bristol. Well, there's a lot, but... There's chain restaurants like Bella Pasta, yeah. Zizi, all them kind, Prezzo, the ones you get everywhere. But what, the, what we couldn't seem to find was the little family ones. Now, there's, a couple, there's one called Giuseppe's and there's one called the Grotto, La Grotta. But neither of them in particularly nice places and no curb appeal, nowhere to sit outside and people watch, which is what we wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, we wanted a little, little cute restaurant that we could sit outside, watch the world go by, look at all the, the crazies and the beautifuls in... in uh, and the weirds and yeah, the strangers. In Bristol. And yeah, so we just couldn't find that. So we ended up... Like moths to a flame. <laughs> back down. In the harbour. Well, what's it called? The harbour? The it's Avon? The V-shed. The, is that the V-shed? The, well, the beginning bit is the wa- watershed, watershed cinema. But the whole bit along, I think it's called... Called the V-shed. The V-shed. Which is instantly a vagina euphemism. In it. I mean, I said to you, I've spent far too long in the V-shed. Well, yeah. And <laughs> you don't have to comment. <laughs> <laughs> but well done, Bristol, on giving me an extra euphemism for lady yeah. parts. We ended up in Pitcher and Piano uh, because you said they'd be doing pasta and we wanted Italian. Not only that, we ended up sit- seated eight feet away from the busker who I think we've talked about on podcast. Not the good busker. Not the good busker. It's the old man, 65, 70 years old. Looks like he's had a difficult life. Little old man who stands there with a little karaoke machine, murdering classics. And a can of, oh, what is it? Is it special brew? Tenants or something? Yes, yes. Yeah, he looks like a tenants kind of guy. He opens his can and off he goes, shouting. He's got one of them beards, stubbles, that... You could strike matches on. You know, like that proper man stubble. Anyway, he is so bad. But an hour later, I was missing him. Because as we sat there, that feeling we got last Saturday in Bristol, where we were like, this might not be the cool place we thought it was, came back. Well, yeah. And up to that point, we thought, do you know what? This is better than last Saturday. There Mm. aren't as many naked people around yeah not that we mind naked by the way i look at naked people all day but it's the drunken it becomes i don't know it i used to say newcastle were like this newcastle in the evening such a beautiful city beautiful river great architecture and great people for the most part then at night it's just this frightening, alcohol-fueled horror fest for me. And Bristol becomes that, but it becomes it at midday. <laughs> it doesn't become it at night. Yeah. It becomes it at midday. So as we sit in there, having a good laugh at the karaoke guy, the busker, it there's just thousands of people. It's a concert stream. It's a river of people along the actual river. Yeah, and so many hen parties and stag parties now i'm not going to be disparaging about an entire country here but i'll say this i think they're all welsh i think bristol Uh, is right it's so close to wales i think everybody probably from southern wales goes like this all right let's go across to bristol for a (laughs) 
<laughs> I went scouse. Mm -hmm. So. So it's like them going to, to Prague, Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> it's Prague with a country accent. So in between the throngs of normals, and when I say normals, there aren't many normals in Bristol. I love watching them. I love the people. I love the style. I love, I said this to you, I could walk out of here this morning in checky pyjama bottoms, a vest, yeah. with a dustbin on me head, and nobody would look at me. Nobody would look and go, check this guy out, because everybody in Bristol... But that's one of the things that I, I love. love. Yeah. yeah. I looked... I look normal in my big baggy dungarees, woolen top. Yeah. <laughs> so thousands of people walking past us were loving it, but were starting to not love it because a lot of them were drunk, a lot of glasses getting smashed. And then along comes the stag party from hell. Ginger bollocks stag. Now, Ginger apologies bollocks. for the words. I'm not going to edit it out because they all had that on the T-shirts for everybody to see. And they were all... And they all thought they were beautiful, that they were attractive to women, that they, oh. They had the beer visors on, definitely, even for that time of day. The stag himself, most of them looked like sort of meaty, overweight rugby players, not in shape rugby players no, who could get away. They me of the guys that every Friday after work down at the pub. Yeah. That a lot of beards, a lot of tattoos, a lot of shaved haircuts and grabbing every woman that walked past I've not seen that for a long time yeah literally manhandling women as they went past now there were a lot of women stags uh hen parties there was a bunch of pirates came past pirate ladies they seemed to love it they were grabbing them back yeah go sisters but i saw them grab people who were like our mum's age two blokes sandwiched an old woman you should have seen her face like she laughed it off but i thought it's, it's probably criminal what you're doing. Yeah. And they took over this corner where we were. Initially, they started singing along with the busker guy, the old busker guy. Yeah, there was a hen party and the and the, the stag party both started singing along. I think it was perhaps just Sweet Caroline or something at the beginning. Yeah. Then, we were probably sat there for two hours. For the entire two hours, one of these idiots decided to get over the microphone. And I, th I don't know if... I've been that guy, but I know there's a cut-off. You sing your song. Yeah, but he thought he could sing. He's, He's one of these guys. He, he obviously was trying to show off to his mates, and, like, he obviously is that guy that always goes on karaoke, but he's obviously not heard himself. And nobody's had the sense to tell him, because he's tone-deaf. He murdered every song. He wouldn't give the microphone to... His friends were stood with him as though they were organising it. He wouldn't let... He wouldn't no. relent this He wouldn't even let the guy who's who yeah. was the busker who wanted it back. In the end, that poor guy walked away because yeah. he felt so uncomfortable. It wasn't nice. So... Betsy the whole, whole time's going, can I go and sing with them? Oh, because Betsy, wherever there's a microphone, she wants to sing. And it's very... She got upset at me because I wouldn't let her go. And had it been quieter... I mean, normal families passing. I would have let her go. They did Valerie by Amy Winehouse. I'd have let her go and do that because she can bell that out. And people would have loved to see yeah, her do yeah, it. Yeah. But it, I, th I mean, as I said, glasses getting smashed and stuff. And it ruined the meal for me. It ruined the afternoon and it it ruined what was already... Well, it started off being quite amusing and the restaurant was all laughing. And by the end of it... It doesn't take long. Everyone's going, ooh, ugh. Yeah. But yeah, they were 
sweaty and gross. And I started feeling quite angry inside because of the emotions I was going through anyway. I started feeling quite angry. So we left and during one of their, uh, before they came back on for the 80th encore, we got a bit of time to get past without being too close to them. We crossed the bridge, went across to M Shed. M Shed, yeah. Which is absolutely brilliant. It's a free entry museum, but it's a modern museum. So it's got, it's the history of Bristol, but a lot of modern stuff in there about the area, about the people, a lot on the people, which I know you were really interested in, but you know, like unsung heroes yeah. and famous locals, but not just famous locals, people who've done stuff for the community. Yeah, and it was people that have nominated, like, so people in the community have nominated other people, you know, so there was kids, yeah. there was old, there was like an old woman, she was 90 something and she'd, her husband had died in World War Two, but from then onwards, she sold poppies every year. Mm. And it was actually quite sad because she sold poppies right up to the age of 92 and then actually she took her own life. Really? Yeah. But yeah. So nice. There was a lot of history history, but there was a lot of modern history. The, the, Bristol is really clever with this and really forward thinking. The highlight for me was seeing the Edward Coulson statue. Now, this is the statue you'll have seen in the news during the... Black Lives Matter protests, uh, protests after George Floyd's yeah. murder. The, uh, there was a statue of Edward Coulson in Bristol. Now, I this, think, yeah, this he's was... a guy who's done a, a heck of a lot for this city. and But he's also, was turned out, was involved in the slave trade. So, somehow, anyway. And during the heat and the passion, that statue had been toppled. Yeah. It had been rolled down the road and it had been tipped into the harbour. They covered it in graffiti, tipped it into the harbour. And it was very powerful scenes to watch on the news from yeah. back home when we watched it. And to be there with it and to see what I would call an important bit of history and they've got it laid there. Laid down and, and what a different... What it gave off something totally different. Yeah, yeah. Then when you know when you see a statue and they're tall and proud, and then you see it laying down, yeah, and, and covered in obviously the red, yeah, blood graffiti. Mm. It it had a totally different feeling about yeah. it. And they had a timeline from whenever it was eighteen hundreds of everything about him, and. It's, it has to be said, he had done a heck of well, a lot. that was the thing. That, and they had lots of quotes from different people saying, you know... If you're tearing down his statue, are you also going to tear down all the buildings? The schools, the hospitals. Yeah, the things he's built. Is it, Two sides of the yeah, argument. It was interesting to... They had a multimedia wall behind it, so it was everybody's tweets and replies and questions and answers coming yeah. up. So interesting and done so well. I don't think that's going to be its permanent home, but what they've done with it, and they're asking you what you think you can add to the... So your thing appears on the wall. I, I thought that were really... Just a really interesting thing to look at and see. Yeah. So, well worth a look if you're down there. We came out of there. We walked along a place called Cargo 2, which is, I'd say, the hipper, cooler side of that harbour. The other side is the drunk stags and hens. <laughs> There's none on that side. It's just people going about the business hipsters families young families uh some great little shops and restaurants along there so that were nice um 
And that is a place we'd looked at on Google Maps because it's where Leo is going to be cycling. Yeah. We'd planned his cycle route from his digs to his university campus. So it was great to see that in the flesh. Uh, yeah, it is interesting, after you, like you say, after you've seen it on Google Maps. We went back to uh, the crepe kiosk at the top of the harbour. We all had a crepe. And we sat and did some people watching for another hour, hour and a half. We're regulars there now. Yeah, took some pictures. And then we walked back through town and it was that thing again. And again, a really difficult day for me yesterday. I know it was for you, but I felt it a lot more yesterday. And we walked back to the car park at Cabot Circus, all the way through town. And it was just as all the shops had closed or were closing. Which, again... We, how weird is it to see shops shut five o'clock on a Saturday when the town is heaving? I mean, I don't know how many of these people walking around would be doing shopping, but I'm sure some of them would. And I feel like you could probably rinse another two or three hours out of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we walked back to the car. Quite a... I just felt really sad driving back up to the countryside, back to the cottage. And I really wanted... A night, a Saturday night telly. Me and Betsy Pearl, I wanted to get the fire lit. Yeah. You did some packing. Got most of the packing done. Which again, it just feels heartbreaking. Everything we're doing feels heartbreaking. Yeah, it was a... It was a... You were bursting out crying every two minutes. I felt absolutely pants. I th- yeah, well, packing for the three I mean, of us, obviously. Yeah. The reality well, the reality is there anyway, but it's Well, it's two or three suitcases less than we came with, which is but it a was big that, indicator. I had that thought of how am I going to get on that plane? Yeah. And that kind of steered the rest of the evening. All we've heard on Radio 2, BBC Radio 2 every day is interviews about if it's not James Bond, it's interviews about Strictly, which we've never watched. It's a program we love British telly, but we've never watched Strictly. Last night, Betsy wanted to watch it. So I'm thinking, right, we've got Strictly, we've got The Cube, we've got Beat the Chasers. It can be a proper Saturday night in the three of us. <laughs> and watch Strictly for the first time in my life. I don't understand who's good and who's bad. I don't get it. It's I like it, shiny, but I have no idea what's going on. Betsy watched that and then she just pretty much, the day caught up with her and she fell asleep on the floor, all wrapped in a little blanket. And then you and I just had a big talk, which we're doing a lot of, and I think we're good at. Yeah, we could have made sweet loving by the fire. Well, that's been one of the promises, that <laughs> if we ever get an open fire, we're going to make sweet, sweet love by the fireside. I'll tell you this, it has been, the deed's been done, but it could have been done again. And I don't know about you, I just were like, I felt so flat, you know. Yeah. No, it was, uh, I think. I so just, we ended up talking. A bit of talking, a bit more crying. Yeah, and we got out our anger, we got out our frustrations, we got out our sadness. <sighs> These are some heavy chats we're having and a lot of it's been on this podcast this morning. We sort of thought it through a little bit more this morning. I think something's... There's a lot of things. There's the holiday coming to an end or the trip coming to an end. But there's so much coming to an end. And it's it was just a really difficult talk. 
and as the embers died in the fireplace we went up to bed and we getting to bed feeling absolutely rubbish and feel like our boy is pulling away from us and disappearing out of his life. And one thing I, a lot of people have said to me and I think I feel is that there's a difference between boys and girls because yeah. we, you know... So that saying, because I'd never heard that saying. I, I think I've got it the wrong way around, but a, a boy's... Your, your boy's your boy until they get a wife... Your girls, your girl for the rest of your life. Yeah, something like that. But so basically, once the boy leaves and they go their own way, they get a wife and yeah, you know, or they get a partner and, and they move on. Whereas your daughters always kind of come back to your mum, to the yeah. mums. You know, they want to still go shopping with you. They She'll still want to. Honey will end up being a better friend to you. Yeah, and you know, yeah. she'll sad. still want to go out with me. She'll still want to phone me when she's down and stuff like that. And that is true, I think. Of course, it is. And I, I think, mean, we'll look at. Look at me and my mum and me and you, you know, like it's, it's what happens. Yeah, and I also, but also I think because girls are better expressing their feelings than boys. And the other thing, I think right now, if Honey was going to university now two years earlier, I would feel probably more confident about how she would be yeah. on the streets, if you like, yeah. than Leo. Because I think boys, again, they rely probably more heavily on their mums and dads than girls do. And they, they just seem to be a bit more... Girls seem to be a bit more mature. Girls are like cats and boys are like puppies. Yeah. They just run around like idiots, defecating, whereas girls know what they're doing. And I, I have had a lot of people that have had boys have said how much... And I, in fact, I know somebody who had twins. You had a boy and a girl, went to uni. The boy ended up coming home. So it's, uh, it is different. So we get into bed last night. A really sad feeling. I... I actually, you know what I couldn't wait to do? I couldn't wait to put me AirPods in and put a podcast on and let it take over my mind and fall asleep. That's I, all I wanted yeah, to do. I just wanted to open my book and yeah. read my book. No sooner as our head hits the pillars, your phone dings and it's Leo. <laughs> I think you'd messaged him because I don't think he's got the impetus to send you the first message ever. Well, I think it was when I was in the middle of packing, I just sent him a message and just said... I hope you ha- I hope you have a great evening. You know we're in the middle of packing. It, you know, it's making me feel really sad. Now he knows he's seen us today, right? Yeah. So I think this is probably the only bloody reason he replied. He replied and said, "I'm really missing you guys. Uh, it's all feeling a bit strange now." Now, I, now I thought, "Oh, finally!" You know that yeah. was my first thought. Was like. But it wasn't. You know what that was? Well... That was bad news foreplay. That was, yeah. That was like... (laughs) He's giving you the bad news foreplay. She, you know, Mum, I love you, but... And I'm like... And then about two minutes later, the phone dings again. Just to let you know, I am currently bleaching my hair. (laughs) He is textbook. He's just textbook every teenage move, isn't he? Ugh. Now, I can't knock him. I bleach me every and couple of years. Oh, wait, look, and the thing is... He's been such a nerd. He's been so boring. He spent years being so boring. During lockdown, we were saying, let us bleach your hair for you. Cut your hair, bleach your hair, do something. And he wouldn't do it. And he's that, so straight. And now he's doing it. He's do, and he's saying it like he's done a rebellious thing. Yeah. And it's like... I don't give a toss. I, I don't know what he thought my reaction was going to be, but I just literally said... Is that you pre-warning me laughing face kind of thing? And he went, exactly. And... I I don't care. Dude, I'll tell you what I care about. 
Yesterday as we were walking through town, we walked past this Italian. Everywhere is looking for waiters, waitresses, shop staff. He's got to get a job, right? I've been hammering this home to him, which I'm trying not to do as much before we leave. But yesterday I walked past this Italian that he just huffed at when I said you could work in there, get good tips. It says outside, but on the back of the sandwich board outside where it says assistance needed, yeah, it's got the prices for a pizza chef, for a chef, things like that. But front of house staff, which is your waiters and waitresses, they're paying £11.50 an hour. Really good. And I said to him, on a weekend shift with tips, you're going to get more than 100 quid for the day. And that is a lot of money to him. So I texted him the picture and I said that to him. And he replied, he's like, that's pretty good. And he, I'd said to him just before we left him with the bike earlier on, I'd said, uh, don't forget to do your CV, which I've been saying to him for three weeks and he's not done it. Just knock up a quick CV, right? I think, but this is the thing. I think that's the reason that everyone's got no staff. But the thing is, everyone wants to get through their freshers. They don't want a job and while well, they've got the freshers weeks. I know, but it's about getting in first. Yeah. Even I saying, oh, I can't start for two weeks, I've got freshers, but I'd like to work here. So his thinking. reply to me was, oh, I'll do my CV later then. It, that doesn't look too bad, that's good pay, I'll do my CV later. And I said, don't worry about your CV. Walk uptown. It's five minutes from where he lives, which is a great place to work so close. I said, just walk up, walk in and say, oh, look, I've just moved over from Dubai. Yeah, but he, like I said, he doesn't want to do that yet because he, he wants to have a couple of weeks of enjoying himself. I am going to put on record now on audio. I don't think he'll have a job before Christmas. And then I think it's going to be me going at Christmas. Right. I'm cutting your money down unless you get a job. <laughs> So that was last night. Uh, we've up this morning. I felt rubbish since waking up. It's a really uh, misty, cloudy day again. And I came downstairs to a hornet in the kitchen. I battled this hornet with a slipper. It was buzzing. It sounded like a Volkswagen Beetle from 70s. It was that loud. <laughs> it was, oh, that's two inches. That's the size of it. I took it on with slippers. I removed it with the uh, pincers, the barbecue pincers, chucked it out window. I won the battle. It was terrifying. How amazed I didn't hear you screaming. I didn't scream. Well, actually, the other things we had in the night, we had the fire alarms going off, two different ones, two different smoke alarms, nothing. And then uh, three o'clock in the morning, I get texts from Honey. I'm, I'm not feeling well. I'm feeling really sick. I'm not going to school. And then... About four o'clock, I think I had a message saying, can you email the school? But I didn't see that one. So, uh... Right. It shows you how useless kids are the minute you're not there, doesn't it? Right, look, we're going to leave it because I've just realised it's 20 past eight. We've got our fit to fly. <laughs> we've got a fit to fly PCR test at 10 past nine. So realistically, we've got to leave in about 20 minutes to get there. Um... I know it's been a lot of emotion in this one and I imagine the next ones are going to be even more emotional because that's going to be either on the way to the airport I don't know but th as usual thanks for listening keep your messages coming keep checking out uh, our Instagrams the links in the description of this podcast and I'm absolutely dreading today we'll let you know how it goes on the next podcast yeah you ready? see you later bye <laughs> <laughs> the end 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.